Hey everyone, this is your host Josh Baker with the Intelligent Conversations podcast where we believe everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. Our goal is to encourage these type of conversations for our audience to listen to. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Shane Salk. He is a studio owner and audio drama podcast creator and producer. He has also worked for Disney as a voiceover actor and has appeared in shows we've all heard of like American Dad. He has bounced around from career to career. And if I were to list them all right now, I'd probably run out of breath because it's just crazy the amount of things he's done and just the variety of fields that he's gone into. So Shane, thanks for coming on. I'm really excited to hear what you have to share with us today and the thoughts that you have. So. Uh, could you start by, you know, just kind of telling us how you got to where you are today? How did you become an audio producer? Um, probably. Um, I don't know. That's the that's the quick answer. So I, I grew up, uh, I went to college for theater. I grew up an actor, theater actor. I did film, uh, TV, stuff like that. Um, and then when I graduated, I, I, um, I grew up from an early age of like four listening to audio cassettes of old radio shows from like the forties and fifties. Um, yeah. You know, the, the comedies like Jack Benny, Bob Hope, uh, there are, you know, uh, radio old, you know, the the sitcoms like I love Lucy was sort of a Mm -hmm. show called my favorite husband, uh, gun smoke suspense, all these random things that nobody's ever heard of anymore. But I grew up listening to those. Um, I think my parents were just trying to keep me off a of tv for the most part and it, it sem- seemed to work so when i i graduated in 2008 and it was the height of a recession and couldn't find work yeah even you know acting work aside i you know couldn't find janitorial work like i couldn't find anything it was very mm-hmm. very difficult um and uh, at the time a friend of mine and i had were working on some stuff and we decided to make it into an audio series um I didn't have any experience with, you know, this, um, like technology, but he did. Um, and I had all this experience with how these things can sound. And so we did that and that went very, very well. Um, you know, it was all out of pocket. It was all, it was very, very hard. And it was back in the day when podcasting wasn't really known. Like a big thing at all. At all. Um, so when that stopped, I, 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 I'm, I worked with Disney on their Disney cruise ship. Um, I performed with them. I moved to New York and I had done a, a version a radio version of a Christmas Carol with my partner, Bill Holmes. And I always was sort of reaching out, trying to figure out how to fund the next project because I wanted to do it right. I wanted to do it well. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be working as a telemarketer at the same time and all these things. So over the course of time, I was developing skills, pitching ideas, trying to start this company, working as a, as a carpenter. And then we got this opportunity, uh, a studio in Los Angeles. I was living in New York, a studio that uh, Bill was teaching out of uh, had an open space. So we ended up taking over that studio to sort of produce the show car serum that we do. And we've, we've put mm-hmm. out, season one of um and then through that it developed into an entire thriving business where we record people and we produce 
audio series and commercials and we do live video or live uh game shows and and live streaming and stuff just to keep ourselves entertained (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool i actually uh i mean i got into podcasting about june so about i'm coming close to a year now so it's it's exciting and again i kind of want to note on how you said 2008 no jobs i'm like we're kind of coming into a period where i i think i actually have a pretty decent like chance right like it's again it's i think opportunity and i love that you like took it upon yourself you're like you know i'm still gonna do what i love i'm still gonna go out and try my own and you still worked on the side you still did that and you chased your dream and i i really love that you did that so i kind of want to you know get into more depth of uh i i recently uh saw that twitter they do the whole like what is it the spaces right where they you can come on and you just it's like almost a live audio type of thing oh yeah yeah yeah. i kind of want to hear your thoughts on that what do you what do you think about that it's it's sort of it's a little bit like clubhouse right if if, yeah yeah i remember so i i have no problem with any of it um the interesting thing about all of it is when it becomes so one of the things that i have this is a this is a roundabout way of answering your question i promise uh i i hope i promise if i forget (laughs) i'll keep you on track don't worry um it's sort of like one of the things that was very interesting about, because we were, you know, back in 2008, we were one of the very first audio drama things that did what we were doing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, and with Car Serum, I still don't see a lot of companies doing what we're doing where it's incredibly cinematic. We have 120 characters in the first season. Wow. Um, we, we frame it as a, a movie that you listen to, you know, that, that sort of epic. and when you go to a podcast convention or you have podcast talks or, or, or speakers or anything like that, 95% of the time they speak in a way which they're only talking to a talk show audience where they're thinking that podcasting is just one thing. Mm -hmm. And I relate that to clubhouse to this Twitter thing, because I think it's really, really great that, that, there's this tool that you can use for this thing, but people get so bogged down in what they're being told to do with a tool or bogged down into saying, Oh, well, this is what it is. Um, that I think if you open your mind and go, well, this is the tool. What else can we do with it? It's incredible. It's really, really cool. Um, and I, I think I, 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 our studio is doing very well. We don't have a whole lot of money. We didn't have large investors that that put in millions of a million dollars in anything. We rent the building, but we do these live game shows every other Friday. The reason we started them was because during the pandemic, we were very bored and we were trying to keep from going crazy. So we started doing these things. Every tool that I have to do that streaming, a lot of the time we're solving problems with tools that aren't designed for that problem. So it's what do we have in the closet that can solve this problem that we have without spending money, <laughs> but make it look like we have a lot of money and we know what we're doing. And I think that is a key to, to utilizing these clubhouse things, this Twitter thing. I think when people start opening their mind to go, well, what else can this 
do for us instead of just be this sort of talk space where people come in and, you know, they go, well, you got to do Twitter and you got to do Clubhouse because that's where you get an audience to take that audience to your podcast. And from your podcast, you take them to buy your book. And I'm like, well, let's look at the tool here and utilize this tool to the best of our ability and not just make it a stepping stone to other things, but also make it an entity in itself. And I think I think it's a very exciting time and tool, but I don't know if, you know, sometimes these spaces get you know bogged down with the self-help space, which is not bad, but then everybody else gets pushed out or they feel like, oh, well, that's what that's for. And I think that if we expand our minds of what we can do with these tools, it'll be really cool. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think one of the things I've noticed just generally, I, I bet you're the same, but in my life, like just in general, if you don't like, if you don't have variety, then you tend to get like very, very like tunnel vision, right. Of like, Oh, this is how it works. And then all of a sudden, if you take away like that tunnel vision, you're like, Oh shoot. Like I actually have like a wide scope. Like there's this option, this option, this option. And an example that I like to use is uh, when I graduated high school back whenever I, I had the chance to talk with, you know, just buddies and all that. And, you know, some went to college, some went to trade school, some went to all these, a variety of things. Right. And I'm like, you know, honestly, this is like the coolest thing that we just have a variety of options these days. And I, I think it's the same thing with you. Like, it's like in your like business model here, it's like, Hey, most people are focusing, like they're, they're getting that tunnel vision. And it's like, no, we need to actually like expand and say, Hey, we can target this in different ways. So I kind of want to get more of your thoughts on this. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on tunnel vision? And like it, here, here, let me rephrase that. What is the difference for you between tunnel vision and focus? That's, that's a great question. And that's, that's, I think what we're driving at is tunnel vision is the idea that it has to be done one way and that's the only way to do it. Um, that if somebody comes in and goes, oh, you know, you can do this other thing and get to the same place. And they go, no, that doesn't work. And if you come up with a roadblock, you're like, well, we have to pass this roadblock. We have to drive through this instead of seeing another way around. Focus is the idea of the destination in, in many ways, or the, at least the direction, because, you know, my, my focus and your focus can change from, you know, month to month, day to day, week to week kind of thing. So, you know, getting out of school, I was focused on acting and, and that's, I, it is still a primary focus of mine. I really love doing it. It's to the side, the back burner at the moment, because we're producing so many things, but within that journey, I discover so many different things and I go, well, let me try this. Let me try that. Let me try this. And then that can become a focus. If it's tunnel vision, um, I wouldn't be able to see anything else. I wouldn't be able to see the, the roses through the thorns or whatever. And, um, and, and then you kind of will find, cause this has happened to friends of mine when they get to a place where they're like, this is where I've been trying to get to. And they're like, wow, I hate it here. Um, but in that same aspect, there's, if you're happy with it, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, there are companies that go, or 
people that start a company and go, look, this is what I want to do. This is the only thing I want to do. So somebody goes, well, why don't you also do this? You go, yeah, that's not enjoyable to me. I don't want to do that. That's not tunnel vision. That's not not seeing these opportunities. It's going, this is the path I want to go. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I think a lot of people judge people who go, yeah, I don't really like that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with there, you there. Uh, when it comes to, sorry to like change gears on you here, but it just anyway. kind of came to me. But I mean, I know you talked about how like you kind of found your passion for acting and doing all of that, like when you were little and listening to the audio tapes. And I kind of want to know like what really like sealed the deal for you and said, no, this is what I want to do with my life. Um, in terms of acting. Um, so I, I did love the tapes. I did plays when I was in kindergarten and, and, and stuff. And then I did plays throughout middle school and I really enjoyed it and I loved it. And, you know, I'm sure I got praised for it and the ways that we did. And I felt comfortable doing it. Um, and when I went to high school, the first, I, I had a pretty hard time in high school. Uh, not, not because I was at the, I was bullied in middle school, but in high school, I wasn't bullied much. And I had had a, grew a sense of humor in which I found that if I can make other people laugh at the bully, the bully will leave me alone because they're stupid. <laughs> um, and that was my defense mechanism. But my first semester of high school, I decided I wasn't going to do the play because, you know, my parents were like, don't do the play. We need to get you in. I'm, uh, uh, we need to like get you settled in it. I'm dyslexic. So people are, were very much worried about me at all times. Um, uh, and, and I can tell you more stories about that, but I'm very smart in, in those ways, but my spelling and, and stuff, people look at it and like, you're mm -hmm. an idiot. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> um, but I didn't do the play my first semester and I was miserable. I was really unhappy. Um, I played soccer. I, I did other stuff, but I really wasn't happy. And the second semester they were doing damn Yankees and I applied for the class or whatever and I didn't get it and every day I went to the the counselor the the person that does the schedule yeah. and I said hey I need to get into this class um and she says okay I'm working on it, I'm working on it. I have to have a talk with the teacher and stuff and I went every single day um and then eventually I don't think they were keeping me from it they just it wasn't the front of their mind so I made sure it was the front of their mind and I got into it and I was so much happier knowing that I was going to do that every day than than the the semester before um it didn't matter that i was a freshman that i was a small part that i was in the chorus anything like that i just wanted that environment and and was incredibly safe for me i, I enjoyed it um so i went to to school for theater acting because by that point i was like well this is I don't people, I, you know, counselor sits down and goes, what do you want to do? And I go, this is what I want to do. So there's not a whole lot every time, you know, cause they always try to talk you out of it, not the counselors, but even when you got to, you know, I went to, to, to get a BFA in theater. And the first day as a freshman, they sit you down, they sit every, all of them down and basically kind of try to talk you out of it going, this is not going to be enjoyable. If there's anything else that you want to do, do it. Most of you are going to drop out. Like they, basically they tell you to quit <laughs> and they're not necessarily trying to like be mean about it but they're like this is what you have to look forward to um you know 
by the end of the first semester, half the people had dropped out. You know, by the end, you know, I came in with 50 something people and we left with 12, something like that. Um, so it was all, I mean, numerous days I would wake up and I go, man, I wish that I wanted to do anything else besides this. If anything else would make me happy, I would do it. Because especially when you get out of school, it becomes, you know, once you get that job, it's wonderful. But it's all the work to get that job to run these things is miserable. And I say, I make the joke, I said, the worst thing to happen to an actor when they're thinking about giving up is that they get a job because they'll get that job. They'll get a theater job or something and they'll remember how much they love it and how much it feels like it, you know, completes them. It's not, you know, for some people, it's an ego thing. For some people, it's an admiration thing. But for, you know, for me, for the people that really are, have that passion, it's about the, the love of it and the, the environment and the creativity and the work that you put into it. It's really about the work that makes us happy. Yeah. Thank thank you for sharing that. I, I love that. I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, but it's almost like it was a process to get to your, that point, right? Like, it's like, while you're there, it's like the result itself was like, oh, this is, this is fun. This is enjoyable. I love it. Right. But it's like, the process of actually getting there was just for you, especially just way more enjoyable than the actual, like people, I think oftentimes look at the result of what people get and they're like, Hey, like, I want that. I'm like, well, you don't see the process of them getting to there. And I, I think you talked about that when you said they sat you all down to say, Hey, this is what you have to look forward to. This is hard. I think it's one, it was kind of good on them because it's like, Hey, like, no, this is like seriously what's going to happen. And if you're willing to put it in, then you will get this, right? You will get this. And uh, I remember walking out of that first day terrified, but also when I looked around and, and uh, you know, they, they asked how many people were something. It, it, it was uh, in my head. The question was how many people think they might quit? And that was not the direct question, but that's what I got out of whatever they, and so many people raised their hands. I was blown away. Because that never occurred to me as an option. That never occurred to me. I had done all of this stuff and it wasn't like, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, this was fun, but what do I do? It was, uh, it just never occurred to me that this wasn't what I was going to continue to try to do because it was the only thing that I, I've struggled with depression. Um, when I went to college, I had a worse time than my freshman year of college. I would wake up every day with a stomach ache. I went to get checked for ulcers. It wasn't ulcers. It was, it was anxiety and depression, all this stuff. And the only thing every single day that I had a theater class, because the first semester you have like a book theater class and then a, like a voice and movement intro to theater class. Mm -hmm. And every day I had that voice and movement intro to theater. I felt great by the end of the day. And every other day was a struggle. And it was those kinds of things that made me go, well, you don't have much of a choice. <laughs> Well, I think also everything like worthwhile in life, like anything that you want, like that is good. I feel like there has to be struggle, right? Like you have to have struggle in order to get something worthwhile. And if you don't struggle to get towards something, I think you have to like ask that question yourself. You have to say, hey, like, is this something that like, maybe you're just naturally gifted at it. But uh, I love the f famous phrase where it's like, 
if you really love what you're doing, you're never going to work a day in your life. I feel like a lot of people go into life and they're just like, Oh, I'm, I, I need a job. I need I'm like, no, seriously, go find something you love. Like we have the internet for crying out loud. We can make so much money actually doing something that we enjoy doing. Like, I mean, you as an example, like you went and you found, Hey, we like this medium you can use and you're like, let's do this. And I, I love that. Uh, there's those opportunities for us there. And I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, how, would you say that you've been given more opportunities in life, like just because of the internet and because of just things like that? Um, so I, I'm pretty sure I'm a little bit older than you. Um, my, when I was in high school, um, we still had a requirement of, we had, we had, it was like, you could use one or two internet sources, but you had to go to the library and get books. So I come from a generation, a lot of people, it's like between generation, uh, between X and millennial, um, we didn't have smartphones until I graduated college, but we had, you know, about right up, you know, I was in high school during September 11th. Um, so yeah. So when that happened, everybody started getting cell phones because they want to be able to contact you. The internet was around, but we were using it for, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the it wasn't what it was today, not what it was today. Facebook, when I was a freshman in college, Facebook became a existed for my school, the second semester. So it started out, you could only have it if you were in college with a college email address and only certain schools and then it grew. Um, so we were taught in a almost a, you know, in, in our classes and, and the environment that we had almost from people who had um, like an analytical way of doing things, not an analytical, like non-electronic. It was um, whatever. So it was, you have to go to these places. You have to get these, you know, publications. You have to do this yeah. thing. Then everything changed. So we got out of school. There were no jobs. You couldn't work from home. The internet wasn't as big a thing as you can work from it. So my generation really had to adapt from what we were taught, even though we had like technology skills because we grew up with technology advancing yeah. quickly. Um, it, but it was still not super innate. It wasn't like, well, I remember a time when there was no internet. I remember getting my first, my family getting their first computer. I was like five, but huh. you know, it was a time. Um, so the internet is, is an amazing resource. And I literally learned how to run the technology that we have in the studio. I have done our live streaming everything ma majority of what i do i've learned from like youtube videos or the internet or searching or solving problems so you can absolutely solve your problems that way or find experts to help you do it that way and it's an amazing tool um i will disagree slightly with the idea that if you find something you love you'll never work a day in your life and i think a lot of artists will disagree with that I think it's if you find something you love, do it and you'll work for 24 hours a day, seven days a week and get paid very little for it. But you won't want to do anything else because if somebody's paying me, I work for this amount of time. If I'm yeah. doing my stuff and there's nobody looking over my shoulder, I'm going to work my ass.
ass off for that exact thing all the time, but I'm going to love doing it. And it's, it's, it's a grind because especially nowadays, it's not like, oh, you have somebody doing PR. Oh, you have somebody doing your, you know, Google searches. Oh, you have somebody posting. You kind of have to do it all until you get a lot of funding and you can hire people to do individual things. And yeah, it's, people expect more out of you because the internet's a thing. Um, so I think there's a, there's a coming of something where people are going to be, start putting their foot down going, I don't do all of those things for you. I can't, I don't have, they're like, well, the internet's here. You know, I don't have email alerts on my phone because I will check my email when I want to check my email. But there are some people that are like, no, you, you know, if I send you an email and you don't get back to me in five minutes, I go, if I don't get back to you in five minutes, I'm doing something else. <laughs> you need me, you call me or text. Me. That's not how this is going to work because I can't work under those conditions. I don't function like that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it comes down to just, I think we've started to develop a society where we crave instant gratification, right? Where it's like, when you are asking for something, you're like, no, I want it now. But when you're actually giving something, it's like, no, like this takes time. I'm also doing it for other people. Like you're not, sorry, you're not like this one person that's special. I also have a hundred others, right. That I have to deal with. And it's like, I, I think that it's a lot of, I think a lot of people uh, need to like take a step back and develop patience. And like, if they could just develop patience and be like, Hey, this person has a life too. Cause I think we're also just not having that human interaction as much we're like, Hey, uh, you go and talk with someone in person. Like that's how you did it in the day. You called them on the phone. Right. But now it's just, you send a text or you send an email and it's like, you have no idea what the tone is over like, and what you're going to receive. So I kind of want to ask the intelligent question of the day here. What? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let's let's hear your intelligent answer. So, what would be the best way you would say for someone to develop patience? So, there's a couple things about patience. There's there's the patience of you know where's my food? It's been you know five minutes. I need patience. Yeah. Uh, and then there's patience of like. We have our show come out. My expectation is not met. And is that because my expectation is off or because we didn't, you know, put the work in to get to that, that point? Um, the, the, there are two, the number one thing that I will say for anybody to be successful, in my opinion, with patience, with being a human being, um, is self-awareness um 100 your awareness of what you require what you want um how you're affecting other people and how other people are making you feel and how you're making them feel that doesn't mean you have to cater to like your actions always are important because if you are making somebody feel a certain way that's bad you're not responsible always for that other person's feelings. But if you have the self-awareness to go, okay, let's take a step back. They got very upset. Did I do something wrong? Does that make, you know, does that, how does that affect me and what I'm doing? 
that that alone will help your patients because your your expectations are usually what is making you impatient. If somebody said, hey, this is going to take 25 minutes and it takes 35 minutes and you're like, where the hell is it? I'm in pain. You know, that feels like you're being impatient. You're like, just wait a second. But I was expecting 25 minutes. Um, same, same goes with success. You know, we get really impatient about, I just want, I put in all of this work. I just want the show to hit. I want it to be a success. I want to get the million downloads and you go great, but that's your expectation or uh, of how much work it takes to reach something, or I've done all of the steps I need to, to reach something and it hasn't happened. What the hell? The rest of my family are all doctors. Um, and they have a, uh, in, in many ways, it's a very set path. It's yeah. you go to grad school, then medical school, then your internship then your residency or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't listen when they talk. Um, so, but most of our lives aren't like that trade school. If you're get, be part of a union, it's similar. It can be, you go to trade school, you join the union, the union gets you work. Um, and just FYI for people out there, the difference between a union and a guild is the union will get you work, a guild won't. So if you're ever like, I am in the actors union, you're not, you're in the actors guild. I am in two of the three of two of them, two of them joined. I'm in SAG and uh, equity, which are stage and screen. Hmm. They're guilds. They were not going to get you work. So the unions, you know, a carpenter's union, a electrician's union will help you get work. They have a path. Um, so there is an expectation, you know, if I, you know, I went to college for four years, I was expecting to go for four years. If I went for seven, I get very impatient. If they kept being like, well, you got to go for another year. Well, you got to, I'd be like, well, what the hell? Um, so I think, I, I, I think self-awareness of what other people are going through, what you're going through and what you're putting out in the world is the number one tool for, for patients and for just being a happier person. I love that. Like that right there is the intelligent answer of the day right there. I think, I mean, I love the self-awareness is who was it that I was listening to. There's a, there's a guy I listened to and the name slipped my mind, but he talks about self-awareness and he's like, I I, want to touch on how you said you'll just be a happier person. It's like, yes, because you're aware of, Oh, this person may not like this. Or, oh, this person may expect this. I can see why they're upset, right? All these things. And I think uh, that, in my opinion, I, I'll, I'll kind of get that and then we'll begin wrapping up. But I think self-awareness is, if not one of the most important things that like important soft skill a person can have. I don't know if you agree with that. I absolutely do. I, I, I 100% agree. And there's there's something that a friend of mine told me once and it was, um, you know, don't assume what somebody else is doing, but notice how it makes you feel. So I call somebody three times and they don't call me back. I could assume that they don't want to talk to me, that they're ignoring my calls, that I could assume they're dead. I could assume all these things, but it really doesn't matter what the reason is. It matters how I feel about it. And it doesn't make me feel good. Um, or that makes me feel worried. So I have to go do something about it and I have to Mm -hmm. go track them down and make sure they're okay. But if it doesn't make me feel good, then I have to have the awareness of going, oh, this doesn't make me feel good because it's making, 
it's not that that person's making me feel something because they don't really have the ability to do that, which I think is a bullshit thing to say, but it's kind of true. Their actions internally make me have a reaction and make me feel internally. So I have the ability to go, I'm out of here. Um, it's not as easy as that in any way, shape or form, but that's breaking it down to like ones and zeros. But yeah, um, I go, yeah, this person doesn't, you know, this energy or whatever you want to say, I have the awareness of it's not a right. It's not a wrong. It's just that it's not where I want to be. So it's, it's a heart and it's not easy. That's, that's the other thing. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, now that I'm aware of what I have to do, I have to go do it. No, it's, it's a lot harder than that. I know I have to learn algebra, but it's not easy. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a struggle. It's a yeah. struggle, but, but, but that's something that we can actually, you can always work on. So that's nice. Yeah. I, I like the thoughts that you've been circling around today. I think you've had a lot of just great things to say, great points. And I kind of, as we're going to wrap up here, what do you want the audience to take away from you? What do they want to remember about you? Um, well, I want them to go listen to Car Serum. Okay. Uh, www.carcerum.com. That's C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M, the series.com. Other than that, um, I want, I want them to, let's, let's be honest here. I want them to know that as a human being, I'm trying my best. and that that is enough. Um, I want them to know that my personal belief is that one of the biggest downfalls of art at all is ego. Um, that if you're doing a project with somebody and, and you're having fights about it and it comes down to, well, I want my idea because it's an ego based thing, or, you know, I need people to know that this is mine. I need people to know ego is the death of, of art to me. Um, if somebody says something, I'm like, Oh, that, does make it better i don't care whose idea it is mm-hmm. and i think that's i honestly i think that's art business relationships personal advice self-awareness and ego those are the two things to walk away from i mean yeah. have self-awareness but don't try not to, and be aware of your ego yeah thank you for sharing that i again uh, i know you dropped your uh website there but could you like if people want to reach out to you or if they oh. want to things like yeah. that. You can find me personally on social media, just at Shane Salk on Instagram or Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, you can always reach out to the show that if you find search C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M Carcerum on any podcasting platforms and you'll find the show. And you can also on our website, reach out. We have a contact us, but I answer, uh, you know, instant messages on Facebook uh, or Instagram. Oh, also something to, to remember for me anyway. And I think a lot of people, if you reach out to somebody and they don't get back to you, try again, because sometimes someone will reach out to me and ask me a question. Um, even somebody that I know, and I would be like, Oh, I'll get to this later. Cause I'm in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. And a week later, it's gotten pushed down in my email. I've forgotten about it. And if, if they reach out again, I'm happy to help. I do it all the time with people. I go, Hey, I didn't hear from you last week. Just wanted to, to check in again. I know you're busy, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. So for those of you that are listening, if you want to go check out Shane there, then uh, he just dropped the information there. I would definitely recommend you should go give it a lit his show, a listen. And also if you want to get into that field, you should 
reach out to him and he should give you some tips and stuff. So Shane, thanks for coming on. I really enjoyed the thoughts that you had here. Thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed what you had to say. Absolutely. I enjoyed myself thoroughly anytime. So everyone, that is Shane Sulk. As you can tell, he's a very intelligent person, has great things to say. I would take a lot of his points that he made today to heart. And stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up. See you guys next week and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again and let's get after it.